0: Hi, I'm Jesse Rath, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon, and for this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Andy Bebact of the Flash Podcast and Titans Podcast to discuss the season four episode of Supergirl titled "What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way." Welcome back to Supergirl Radio, Andy.
1: Hey, guys. Thank you for having me back. It's been, it's been. I mean, besides the crossover, it's been a while.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, we haven't had you back to actually uh, discuss an episode of the show in a while. But we have had your thoughts uh, related to something related to Super <laughs> Supergirl. So it'll be good to get your thoughts on this episode and what's going on in Season 4. Because there's a lot of stuff going on in Season 4. It's almost... Too much, Mm -hmm. one would say. So, so much is happening. (laughs) On that note, let's just get into it because we got a lot of ground to cover because we don't have any news this week. So let's just start uh, getting right into it with uh, this week's episode, What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way. So here is the official description. Quote, Manchester Black breaks out of prison with the help of his new team, The Elite, who are set on punishing the anti-alien forces. Supergirl pulls double duty as she tries to apprehend Manchester Black and his team, as well as deal with a shocking new development with Ben Lockwood, unquote. So, Andy, this was very exciting because this was the first formation of The Elite. What did you think about Manchester Black and his new team.
1: I've been loving Manchester Black this whole season. I think it, David Ajala has, has been doing an amazing job since he came on. He's one of my f- new favorite characters in the universe. So And I wasn't familiar with the Elite that much. So seeing all, all these members like showing up here and there was kind of, well, I guess just majority. Because the hat kind of showed up in this episode. But it was fun because see- I love whenever teams get rogue and they come together and so on. So it was, it was fun. It was a nice contrast seeing them uh, opposing the super friends and uh, it's very clear two of them are british like it could not be missed <laughs> but no I, it was fun like i i know this season has been very <clears throat> topical as you all say it. <laughs> and uh, you know it's up for debate whether <laughs> it's up for debate whether or not this episode counts as that but at least there was a lot of fun and there was some there's more edge to this episode than I think that we've had on Super Bowl in a long time. Because the Black and all his team members, they're, they're definitely not the typical villains we see on this show. So I'm, I had a blast. I am looking forward to seeing more of them. And I'm digging Manchester's whole complete new looking like purple hair, the chest plate, and of course the jacket. I mean, you can't you can't have Manchester's Black without a jacket.
0: Yeah, I was glad to see his... Uh, comic book you know his 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 iconic look with his purple hair i was glad that they were able to work that in and i thought it made sense that it the justification for it was kind of like hey i've had a change while i've been i've been in prison so it, it made sense for him to dye his hair uh through his prison experience i like that he gets
2: hair dye in prison though <laughs> Yeah, uh I guess that's allowed? Yeah, I guess he went to the the prison like barber, the, the hair stylist and was like, I think purple feels right.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh I I was glad to see him get his his iconic look with the uh the chest plate. Now he's gotten rid of his old union jack shirt and he's gone with a new union jack uh, piece of armor for his chest. So Morgan, now that he's gotten his new look, what what do you think about Manchester and uh, his new team?
2: If the, the whole season had been like the elite as the villain, I would have loved it because they are, um, I, I think that the, Manchester has like a lot of depth and pathos to him and then the rest of them are ridiculous which I like because like uh, menagerie is still just stealing as many diamonds as she possibly can and the hat is my new favorite character because he's literally a guy with a magic hat And I think that that's the best thing I've ever seen. I just kept on being like, oh, my God, he just jumped into his hat. (laughs) Uh, So that that was a little bit of joy (laughs) in this season for me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take what I can. I'm going to take the fact that this guy's got a Mary Poppins hat. And I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he did have a really fun hat. And it was full of magic, which is very typical for the hat uh, as far as I know in the comics. So that was a pretty character correct for him. Um, so I did enjoy that and and the hat was very good I think he, for me he was a standout of the episode um, that he really stood out in in terms of personality and just the 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 way he was using his superpower well, I guess their're superpowers his magic abilities um, and just his his overall presence in the episode I thought was uh, pretty awesome um, and you're right about menagerie I loved her. Uh, using i guess a, a smartphone to do their little broadcast
2: where she's like like and subscribe and she knew to like bring the phone up for the myspace angle instead of having it like down on the she's like no you can't put the phone there manchester listen <laughs> we need the selfie angle <laughs> she's
0: like low angle what are you doing <laughs> um so yeah i that that um that added to the overall theatricality of the the elite cuz that's kind of what they're known for in the comics um especially their their debut issue uh which has shares the name of this week's episode title uh so i really appreciated seeing that they they had that theatricality to them in this uh this uh week's supergirl episode um so andy the I, i'm sure you're aware of I, I believe you're aware of the elite's ideological difference between uh Superman and like Manchester Black butts heads with Superman in the comics so uh we got to see a little bit of that between Manchester on Supergirl with our Supergirl so what did you think about them butting heads about uh the issue at hand
1: you know when you have a show with a kryptonite it's always challenging finding threads that it that isn't just punching her way out of it you know this time she has it's it's very much about using your mind and your words and your and your beliefs. So I love the fact that they, they went to this length of kind of exploring that. And someone like Manchester is a perfect character to have that as a catalyst towards Kara. So, you know, because she, I mean, yes, she has all these superpowers or whatever she is, you know, one of the most powerful people on, I mean, beings on the planet. But sometimes you can't just punch your way out of a situation. I mean, that's one of the powerful dynamics we have, you know, with Clark and Lex in the co- in the comics and all these other interpretations, but no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed how they dealt with it in this episode, and I'm, I mean, I don't know how much else we're gonna see of the lead this season, but I'm hoping that this is kind of something that kind of keeps coming back because I think it's a good it's a good change for Clark in terms of like dealing with you know an antagonist, a villain, if, and so on, because this time it isn't just a person or you know a power; it's more of belief.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point because for Kara this season, she really is having to face several villains that she can't just you know, punch and make them go away. She's having to go up against uh Ben Lockwood and the Children of Liberty, which is uh not necessarily something she can just fight. Um and so the idea of Manchester Black in the elite, you know, that's that's pushing her into a an area of conflict for her ideals. So I, I I like the idea of that this you know, there's a lot of things that maybe I don't think the show has done very well <laughs> this season. But the idea that Kara is facing a new kind of threat I think is a good one, um Morgan, what did you think about how Manchester was sort of poking at Car, especially in that that diner scene that they uh compared to the diner scene from Heat, which I had to immediately go watch after i, I saw this episode uh, <laughs> so what did you what did you think about how he was sort of he was sort of
2: needling her a little bit? I think their their dynamic is interesting because um it's, it's almost not quite as antagonistic as like a, a villain um, because she knows that he does have some redeeming qualities, but he's definitely like started to make a, definitely make a villain turn. And, uh, and I really liked the way that, that, um, that diner scene played out. It was really interesting because he also made her have to like face some things that she didn't want to face about what was really going on. And, um, and sort of kind of called her out for you know just trusting people being too trusting which is sometimes cars uh, a flaw of cars but is also one of the things that makes her um a great superhero uh, so i really liked it i really like cuz he's very a very pessimistic character and she's a very optimistic hopeful character so i liked that the way that those two characters play off of each other i thought he
0: he knew exactly what to say to her to really make her her agitated and and uh really have to think about what she was going to do and i really liked the way melissa played like she she didn't really respond to him so much in words there at the end of that scene it was a lot of her emotion and, and the reaction of her face and melissa is so good at playing that kind of stuff the the reaction to all of that uh just because I, I could see in her face that she was she was really struggling, like almost like she wanted like Andy was saying, like she kinda wanted to punch him, I think, but she, she knew she couldn't. But he was really getting a rise out of her emotionally and I think what did it was uh there was a part of his speech that I really liked um, that i thought was pretty well written he says to her what if it were your ship they were blowing up you came here in a rocket child in a basket you know real moses stuff here's your chance to tell the bosses to let your people go or us plagues will do it for you and i thought that that, that was that was part of the episode that i was like okay this is some good stuff there's so there's some real meaty stuff here um because he's now putting kara in the situation of these other aliens, like he's, he's taking her out of being Kara Danvers, and putting her as a Kryptonian who came to Earth in a a little rocket ship. So now he's putting her in a new position to think about her own, her own life in that way. Um, Although I think it's a little bit different because Moses was setting the people free from slavery. And the aliens, I mean, there's an Alien Amnesty Act, right? They're not they're not enslaved people. So I don't know if the uh comparison is exactly correct. I mean, there is the uh the uh child in a basket comparison. I think that's accurate. But uh anyway, uh so I, I did like that uh speech to her because it, it made her think about her life in a little bit different way, I think. Um so we'll we'll see what happens with that. And he also did have another great speech that I really liked. I mean, this episode was basically the Manchester Black monologue episode. Uh, <laughs> and I really appreciated that because I also liked his speech when he and the Elite are in uh, in England and he talks about, you know, Supergirl's like a folk tale, in theory comforting and noble. And he basically says, Supergirl's done. This is the era of the Elite. And of course right at that moment, some punk rock music comes on. So I've, I've I think this episode finally really gave me the Manchester Black I was waiting for. I don't know if you feel that way, Andy, because I know you're you're uh, excited about Manchester Black in the elite, but this this episode really kind of I was like, okay, now we're finally getting somewhere with Manchester Black. Did you feel that way as well?
1: For me, I mean, I've been sold on Manchester this whole season because of David's performance, but I. This was, I mean, this is definitely one of his best episodes because we kind of, I guess, this. I mean, I don't know much about the lead from the comics, but I guess this is kind of more resembling the, his version in the comic books. So and yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I just had a blast with it, and I'm. I could watch him fly around with a Legion ring all day long. Sorry, Brainy, but not really.
0: <laughs> he did uh, steal Brainy's. Well, he didn't steal Brainy's ring. Someone else stole Brainy's ring. And I guess that's a good segue. Not my best, but it's a good enough segue to talk about the introduction of another member of the Elite that we got to meet this week. Um, the Hat. I th- Well, I, according to IMDB, he's just hat But in the comics, I believe he is referred to as The Hat. You can call him whatever you want, I guess, as long as you have Hat in the name. Uh, So Morgan, I know you're really excited about Hat (laughs) and what he brought to the table. So what did you think about getting to meet Hat this week?
2: I mean, Hat is is maybe my new favorite character for the season. (laughs) He has everything. He has Snark. He has that hat. Mostly he's got that hat. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just love that his powers are based entirely on, like, his hat. Like, he's just got a cool... Like, what are your powers? I've got a cool hat. Like, that's... <laughs> I feel like if I was ever a superhero, that would be, like, what I ended up as. Like, Mitten Girl or something. So I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the hat. His head is always warm. Wow. And also he's got, like, swords in there for some reason. He did have a lot of tricks in his hat that he could
0: pull out when he needed. And a lot of weapons too. He pulled like a an axe or something.
2: Yes. Uh, to throw to Manchester. So he's got a lot of room down there in that hat. I was a little disappointed he at no point pulled out a rabbit out of it, but <laughs> listen, we we, maybe we have a lot of time with him, and, and we'll get there. There's plenty more season uh, to, to get that rabbit
0: to come out of the hat at some point. The, the season just slowly becomes about the hat. <laughs> We're all just waiting on the edge of our seats. So is he going to do it? Is he going to pull that rabbit out of his hat? It's going to be really rewarding when that happens. Maybe, maybe he
2: gets out like a lot of scarves, just like a long line of scarves <laughs> tied together. <laughs>
0: that would be amazing let's just are we gonna get a hat centric episode that's what i want i feel like we deserve it. that's all i want at this point of the season (laughs) i want to know more about his backstory he does seem to have a past friendship with manchester so there is that bit that we know about him because he is uh like andy mentioned uh he is very british he said oi at one point I was like, he's definitely British, <laughs> so
3: <laughs> so,
0: uh, so it does seem like they have a uh, friendship from the past that they are now rekindling and uh, using to escape prison and uh, cause a little bit of chaos. So, Andy, what did you think about uh, uh, the hat? I guess is that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, what did you think about the hat?
1: Again, I don't know much about the comic version, but this this character felt like straight up like a ca- Legends of Morrow character. Like, I feel like I could watch this. Sh- it feels like he walked literally out of that because look this character is crazy like is he a metahuman is he is he a magical elf but we don't know
2: <laughs> it doesn't even matter he's got that hat <laughs> he has he has
1: he, he has the hat like i mean it, that hat could contain might have all the answers and secrets we've been waiting for this whole i mean <laughs> the, the, the snaps from snapper car maybe and mm, mm, um, mm. james is mean, I mean,
2: I- rector bones is in there
1: james's home
2: i'm imagining
0: all of the forgotten elements of supergirl are down in that hat
2: oh my god jeremiah is in that hat
0: isn't he he jeremiah is in that hat cat grant has gone into that hat alex's
1: memories. alex's memories are
0: down there james's camera james's (laughs) camera is down there so um in addition to the rabbit those are the things that need to come out yes well, it's it's interesting because the hat does uh use fifth dimensional energy and we know the uh, there is another character in the Supergirl universe that is uh connected to the fifth dimension and that's uh our our buddy Mr. Mix Yespidelic or Mixie <laughs> as uh, some might refer to him. As I call him, because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> so however you pronounce Mixias Uh So it is funny that uh, the fifth dimensional characters are uh they have a lot of flair to them which is what I like about them they you know magic gives them a little uh little flair and a little personality and I I enjoyed his hat it was very jaunty when he put it on he looked very good it was a very good hat that hat could have looked like anything uh could have been any kind of hat uh but he chose that one so I appreciate that Uh, And I did like getting to see the hat and Manchester, there's a great fight in the hallway, I guess they gave James Bamford and Arrow a run for their money in that hallway fight. Andy, did you think that that maybe beat some of Arrow's action sequences? Would you put that alongside what Arrow does?
1: James is a friend of mine. So I and I love the action stuff on Arrow. So I may not be the best person to ask this, but I will say it. It was they had some really. I mean, the action scenes were pretty. Because I think when Super Bowl really shines when it comes to action, it's when they do team scenes, and like I mean, sure Super Bowl against whatever is also pretty cool. But whenever they have multiple characters doing things at the same time, I think that's when the show really is at its top when it comes to you know the fighting scenes. So I. I'll I'll give a diploma, diplomatic answer and say it, they're, they're both great.
0: Well, uh, that is a very good diplomatic answer. <laughs> I, will, I will say, in my personal opinion, uh, I thought it was more entertaining than what I've seen uh, on Arrow as of late. But also, I should preference that with... Uh, I fast-forward through Arrow a lot, so I might be missing some things. Uh, so, uh, mm-hmm. But I did enjoy that hallway scene. It was very entertaining to watch. Um, well, so... Manchester and the Elite have a situation going on with Operation Claymore. They uh, manipulate Supergirl with this satellite business. So I'm I'm uh, interested in knowing what you all thought about Supergirl's actions in this episode. Because I am personally a little bit conflicted. Um, but I'm going to put it to you guys first. So Andy, what did you think about... Um, Supergirl and what she does with the satellite, uh, you know, she she saves the president and the White House, but she also destroys the satellite. What, what did you think about uh, Supergirl's decision there?
1: Okay, I know this is going to sound really, really dark and messed up, I mean, that's what I bring to this network, but <laughs> if it hadn't been for this president, I would have, I mean, I would have been pissed with Carl a little bit because I'm like, you don't need to destroy, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the scene in Man of Steel when Clark at the worst end of the movie just Smashes another, like, billion dollar satellite. To
0: be fair, it's a little bit of a different situation in Man of Steel.
1: I know, I, I know. gotta I gotta
0: stick up for Henry Cavill Superman here. Because at the end of Man of Steel, he destroys that drone because the government is trying to track him. He's trying to, like, follow him back to his little uh Fortress of Solitude scout ship. So he's, he's trying to get the government to trust him. And in this episode, Supergirl uh, destroys that because... Uh, she thinks it's, uh, something she should be doing, but I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but that's what she thinks it, uh, it is. So, uh, go ahead with your point. I just wanted to s- stick up for my boy.
1: No, no, I mean, you know, you know, I love, I love myself as a man of steel, so, uh, don't, don't, don't worry, I'm, 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 on your team. And, <laughs> but it just, it just reminded me of, like, the hilarity of that scene, but either way... This president is a douche. I don't like him. He's fishy. I want, like, I want. He doesn't even go here. He needs to go away. I don't <laughs> like him. He he
2: doesn't even go here. <laughs> he's
1: garbage. He's garbage. I'm tired of him. So I, I was like, you, car. You know what? Go, you go, girl. I don't mind. Uh, I was proud. I was proud <laughs> of her. Even and it. And the thing is, I'm like, Mr. President, is this really? <laughs> This is really the most expensive thing that she's ever destroyed. I mean, I feel like the city destructions that, that these, these other alien divisions has caused and so on, I, I feel they have cost you more money than Kara has. And also, she, he didn't even say thank you. That dude should not even say thank you for saving her, her, his life. Oh. I'm done. I, I thought it was a good thing.
0: You do make a good point. Uh Supergirl just she does destroy a lot of things. So what's what's another satellite, I guess? <laughs> uh, so just a satellite. It's just it's it's a satellite. I mean, there there have been worse things. Uh, she's destroyed. <laughs> um so Morgan, what are, where do you come down on this uh destroy or, or let the satellite stay up there.
2: Yeah, I I could understand her conflict, but I, I guess I kind of ended up agreeing with her ultimate decision of destroying the satellite because I feel like that thing was going to be uh, a moral quandary if she just left it up there because who knows what they were going to use it for. Uh, it seemed like pro- maybe just shooting people out of the sky. Uh, <laughs> all willy nilly not during you know an invasion or anything but just like you know like an alien ship comes in and and they were just gonna be like boop. so and i can understand as somebody who came to to earth in an alien pod like in a pod um she's experienced many pods over the years most of them have been bad, but some of them. I mean, but, but, would you even put Monell in that in that category? I was going to say some of them have been good, and then I I started to trail off. <laughs> Depending on where you are on the Mon scale, some of them have been good as well. <laughs> so I mean, I think that she un- understands more than than most people that you can't just shoot everybody out of the sky because you don't know what everybody is you know is is there for. If uh, if she had gotten shot out of the sky, there would be no Supergirl. So I think, and especially, I think she's starting to to realize that the government or this this president is not um, what I would describe as chill. So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe not so trustworthy. Um, and it, it seems like, I mean, I feel like I also have some questions about this this president because presumably he ran on the same ticket as Marsden. So you would think that they would have, I don't know, some of the same values, but it seems like as soon as Marsden like got out of office, he was like, I'm going to do all of the opposite things. And it's like, it's a little strange, but uh, I'm wondering if there's something fishy going on with him. Like, is he has he been compromised by something? Is he like working for somebody else? Morgan,
0: I I, I thought we had already understood that this show doesn't really stick to continuity very well, <laughs> and uh, the rules don't always apply. So I don't know why you would assume that just because he was President Marson's
2: running mate that that would make sense. <laughs> Such a good point. It's like it's like President Marson was was very like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm pro alien. Because I am one. <laughs> and uh, and he was like, yeah, I, I like high five, bud. let's let's do that." And then, like the second she has to step down, he's like, "Never mind. I actually feel the opposite about everything. it's It's just so odd. <laughs> Usually, when people run on the same ticket, they have some of the same opinions one would expect. Uh, so this is a really strange heel turn. Not that it hasn't been like, just painfully telegraphed since like the beginning, but it does feel like an odd choice. <laughs> yeah, his his turn seems
0: very strange because he, he did start off as a, a vice president who has to come to the position of president because of what's gone on before him. He's a little nervous about it. He seems like he cares about America in the office and he seems like he wants to do a good job. And then they've slowly turned him into this guy who seems like a like a goofball caring about optics more than anything else. Like, I don't know. They're not pl- – he's not very consistent in the way they've characterized him. He
2: is all over the place. I was kind of starting to wonder, like – is he really the character, or did some shapeshifter, like, take over for him? I mean, it's Supergirl, so anything is possible. Uh, i It's just, its his characterization is so inconsistent that I would believe that, like, if at the end of the season, he, like, ripped off, you know, like, his, like, president mask and was, like, just an, a lizard person at the end. <laughs> I would buy that, and it would seem more realistic than what's happening. That would be... Such a better twist than a lot
0: of things that have happened this season. I would be into it. A
2: great <laughs> twist. Everyone is lizard people. That's the end of the season. <laughs> but but uh, but I mean, just in like the amount of like shadiness that that he's bringing to the table. Even Haley was like, I didn't know anything about this and seemed disturbed. So now I'm starting to wonder if they're going to go in some direction with this president character where he's like maybe actively undermining things or has some other agenda because – he and Haley were like in tune for a long time. So for Haley to be like, what was surprising to me. Yeah. He brought Haley into
0: the DEO. So that, that was, uh, his idea and his plan for the DEO. So it did seem a little odd. Um, so for me, I am greatly conflicted about Supergirl and what she did in this in this episode. And uh, I was a little bit relieved, at least on some level, because Kara seemed to have issues with her own decisions. Because at the end, when she's talking to James, um, she says, and I'm, I, I guess you can hear um, my airplane. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kara says to James, she says, my instincts were all over the place on this one. Didn't know which way was up. Still not sure if I do. So I'm at least glad that Cara is even kind of questioning her own decisions. But so here's, here's my issue. So on the one hand, I was glad she protected the president. She did. Uh, she protected the president and the White House and everybody there in Washington, D.C. by sort of uh, knocking the satellite enough <laughs> so that it wouldn't hit the actual building. So I'm glad that she didn't uh, let terrorism go down. That's a good thing. But... Um, but I'm, I am disappointed that she destroyed the, the satellite because that's not really her call to make. And if the president is doing it to protect the citizens of the country, that's something well within his right to do. That's, that's something that a president should do is uh, secure the nation and protect the citizens. And uh, I also think that the president and the government – have the right to do that especially when the last three years in this universe Aliens have come in unannounced without being checked, and they have come over to take over the world. So I think there is a justified <laughs> reaction
2: to putting something up there to protect the planet. You know what I do agree? I do agree with that. Because they do have they do have their May invasion like once per year. I, I think but I do think that they were making a point that he was kind of doing this almost outside of like the normal channels where he wasn't like going through congress or going through like his military department he was just kind of doing it on his own if i remember right because i was tired when i watched this episode (laughs) and i'm deeply uninterested in any of the president scenes most of the time so (laughs) i do tune out a little well okay
0: uh, that I I agree with. I think the president. You know, this is this is this is getting really technical about the U- United States government and our checks and balances, which yeah. I really uh, love about the Constitution. That there is uh, uh, limitations on all three branches of government, and uh, I think that's actually one of the wisest things the founding fathers did for the United States. Uh, so I. Personally, I think that stuff should be something that Congress should legislate and uh, make happen because that is something under their purview. But here's my thing about all of this is that if we are going to have a satellite up there, I think that's fine to do as long all right, so here's my thing. So like in Star Wars, they have to announce to a place where they're going that they're coming in. They're like, hey, you know, I have this code. I'm going to come and land on your Death Star or whatever. <laughs> There's got to be some. I mean, that happens in like almost all sci-fi interstellar travel Type stories that you have to announce that you're coming into a planet, that you're going to land, that you're going to dock somewhere. They know you're coming. Yeah. Hey, what up? I'm visiting. (laughs) Right. So my solution, if they ask me, the President Baker did not consult me on this issue, but this is my solution. This is why I'm bummed and uh, disappointed in Supergirl that she destroyed the satellite because the satellite could have been used for good if they had used the satellite to know when someone was coming but then maybe the people who wanted to come to earth would announce themselves and say hey we are uh here in uh, a peaceful situation we just want to come hang out and uh we just want to you know maybe uh get a you know a stamp on our passport and we're coming in and we want to hang out on earth no big deal we're not here to take over the world there's got to be some kind of compromise." that they can separate the good guys from the bad aliens. You know what I mean? You would think. <laughs> and that's why I was bummed that Supergirl was like, no, Mr. President, there was no other way. And I was like, yeah, no, there kind of was. I kind of think you just destroyed that that uh, <laughs> satellite because you wanted to stick, stick it to the government and you wanted to stick, stick it, it to the man. <laughs> you wanted to stick it to the man because you got your heartstrings got pulled about your
2: alien heritage the only thing that the president was mentioning was shooting people down out of the sky it wasn't like this this it wasn't like this uh satellite is going to be our first line of defense and we're you know we're gonna radio to them and and see like we're gonna check people out they're gonna have to go through the you know alien dmv first and it's like it was like no we're just gonna be shooting people down so i feel like it, it wasn't that wasn't what he was looking to use it for. Although I, I agree. Maybe having like, like a little checkpoint where people can like say, Hey, what's up? Would be a a good thing.
1: This president hasn't really done a good job of making it safe for aliens. Like this, this doesn't feel like a president to me that believes in the alien amnesty that, President, one of them came up with, and at the same time, like this is the dude that invited Ben Lockwood to the White House, and also this <laughs> is also the same president who's been basically harassing cara since four, since four, four ten about you know what's what's her, what's her secret identity, and you know who is she? Like you know, look, making Haley go through you know use these truth seeking aliens on the DEO members to the point where they had to erase all his memories. So, to be fair. If I was an alien, I would feel pretty damn harassed and insulted because of the, it. It's, it doesn't feel like it, there's any safety for aliens. And I was un- totally what Morgan was saying that I, the way he was coming off, it seemed like any ship or any alien creature that was trying to c- come through Earth, no, no matter they were good or bad, it would be shot, killed immediately. So I, would, to be, even, yes, I get that I cost billions of dollars. I get it. But at the same <laughs> I, time. I love
2: how little Carr cared about that. She's like, <laughs> what if? <laughs> you,
1: you'll, you'll, you'll get it back. And to me, I get why she feels that this president isn't being reasonable when it comes to alien life. So, but, <sighs> it, it, they're raising some difficult questions this episode, but at the same time, it's like, until he gives me a uh, gives me a reason to actually see some good in him, I probably would have done the same thing because I I rather be an alien who's you know who's living safe on Earth than being you know having to worry about oh every time I leave the atmosphere and try to enter it back it will shoot me.
0: Yeah, I guess i I can see it both ways because I can understand that argument, but then I also see things from the president's point of view because Supergirl. She just comes into the Oval Office willy-nilly. Like, she's not ab- abiding by any Secret Service rules. She's not, uh, you know, asking for his permission. She just comes in there, and that—I don't know. If somebody was to—anybody <laughs> any anybody else who tries to hop the fence at the White House— they, get, they immediately get taken down by the Secret Service. It's an immediate threat to the president and the first lady and whoever's in there. That's a big deal. Yeah, you're going to get tasered real hard. <laughs> yeah, so it, the fact that Supergirl just comes in there like it's no big deal— that could be seen as a threat to the president. So I don't think she's doing the right thing doing that. And she comes in there and she's like, look, Mr. President, I'm going to tell you what I think and what you need to do. And I kind of actually really, really uh, applaud the show for allowing President Baker, even if maybe sometimes he comes off a little shady, I will grant you that. But I appreciated the fact that the show allowed him to push back on her and he was like, look, last time I checked, I don't answer to you. And I was like, yes, that is correct. He is the president of the United States. He does not answer to Supergirl. He is the leader of the country, and she has to actually answer to him. So I uh, I really liked that about this episode, that even though there were some really difficult uh, questions uh, posing, you know, uh, big ideas, like you mentioned, Andy, I, I liked that they, um, they gave that balance as to a little bit of both sides and, and it, I, and even both sides were kind of murky, which I don't know how to feel about uh, everything. But I at least liked that they they gave President Baker a chance to push back on Kara. Because I thought she was being a, kind of aggressive with him. And I did not appreciate uh, the way she dealt with that.
1: It's not like he hasn't been that with her. I mean, literally, what did he do, you know, four episodes ago? He basically, you know, put her on the spot. Like, you know, either you give me your identity or... You're dismissing a DEO permanently. Like he, I mean, he's not making it easy for her. And at the same time, this is a this is a, this is a woman who has saved the world, including the United States, multiple times, and never asked for anything back. So for me, like the the whole idea that she flies into the White House however she wants and she talks to the president however she wants, to be honest, like. I feel she's earned it because of what she does for the world, and asked for so little. All she literally asked for this episode is, please don't kill a bunch of innocent people. And he was like, no, 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 like we, you know, I, you know, we have a launch, whatever, whatever. And then, look what happened. Like that's the thing. She also proves that you know, there's no point of having a satellite where it's corruptible. As long as it's made of technology it can be hacked
2: apparently the Morai can hack this thing who, who knew <laughs> so I mean listen I'm not judging the Morai. they're probably brilliant but <laughs> it just seems like you're putting yourself in a position where anyone with like decent hacking skills can now have a death ray uh, <laughs> and pointed at anything and shoot people so I think that's actually a good point that Andy brought up that I wish that she had mentioned like when she was talking about her decision which is like and also it's not very secure clearly so so uh, maybe we don't want it
0: pointing at us. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I I think Supergirl for me, I think to me, I didn't like her attitude in this episode. I think that she, I will give her credit for doing what she thought was the right thing to to do. And I think that Andy makes a good point that she has earned it in terms of she has protected the country, and the world from alien threats. But I think that she forgets to mention they are alien threats. That's one of the things that frustrates me about the season is that people forget to mention why people that are say in the children of liberty why they've taken this stance is because their lives have been threatened the world has been threatened and those kinds of things should be taken into consideration she even has this arrogant statement where President Baker's like I will not apologize for protecting my country and she says but that's why you have me and I was like yeah that's great Cara But you also, I mean, a lot of people died in those instances. People got brainwashed. (laughs) Kelly's dead. R.I.P. Kelly. Have you forgotten Kelly? My God. (laughs) Have you already forgotten that Kelly fell off Catco's balcony? Because we haven't forgotten Kelly. (laughs) We will never forget. Hashtag never forget.
2: Uh, Rebecca, I agree. When she said that, I like literally laughed. I was like, oh, that's not a good look. Supergirl.
0: It just sort of irritates me that Car, specifically Kara, has sort of uh, pushed the average ordinary citizen. And maybe I'm thinking about this too much. I probably am. But season four has forced me to think about these things. But <laughs> Kara is pushing the uh, the needs of the average ordinary citizen. I'm not even talking about the Children of Liberty. I'm talking about those people because there's got to be other people. They're They're making the Children of Liberty to be Everyone in the country, they're making them out to be the uh, the human side of things. I don't think everyone is a member of the Children of Liberty. I think there are people in the United States who are like, yeah, we don't like the alien invasions. We've lost people. We've our homes have been destroyed. But hey, maybe we don't want to, you know, uh, take violence out into the streets and attack these aliens. We're we're rational people. And we're we're going to want to handle this the right way. So I think there are some people out there that can see both sides of it, but she's not thinking about these people. And it, it kind of uh, saddens me that Supergirl doesn't seem to really care about them because she says when she talks to Alex, she um, she talks about her, her uh, conflict within herself, and she says, you know, if I stop the satellite... That's gonna make me align myself with the elite, and if I let the launch happen, what's that gonna say to the children of liberty? But she never, she never thinks about the the actual citizens of the country that are gonna be protected by that satellite up there, whether or not you know it's it's gonna be used to kill innocent people or not. She's not thinking about the actual protection of the American citizens, and so I, I it, it disappoints me. I guess that's that's the only word I can think of is that Supergirl really disappointed me in this episode because I don't. I think she's thinking she I okay. To me she's thinking more about the aliens than the actual citizens of the country and of planet Earth. The non-alien citizens.
1: Well I think mean, it's because right now, like the way that the season has has framed it, it is aliens who are at the biggest fr- at being the most threatened right now. Like humans are not being like they're big. Be- I mean, the episode didn't... He said it himself, he couldn't necessarily deputize every children of liberty, but he did... He he basically rewarded Ben Lockwood because he killed aliens, many of them probably innocent. So, it is... I mean, f- from my perspective, at least, and maybe I'm reading between the lines way too much, but it's them who who who, who is in, in danger. A- humans are almost now being given... Like, They were somehow finding a way to justify murder because oh if it's an alien, go for it. They could they could (laughs) could.
2: Yeah, I mean that is true. The whole justification for letting Lockwood out was that like I guess murdering aliens is like chill. (laughs) Which I can't get over, like, that he's, like, basically a known terrorist.
0: Yeah, I will I will say that, that I, I didn't like the fact that President Baker put Lockwood as a director of alien affairs. That that did seem to be the wrong choice.
2: That seemed a little nuts.
1: <laughs> so, Raga, Raga, I totally get where you're coming from because, like, for me, like, it's like if Barry starts to suddenly... Like, allow killing, or somehow was allow you know, allowing his team to take other people's lives. That would also, for me, be very heavy because Barry has always been against killing. That's what, it's the biggest contrast between him and Oliver. But at the same time, as these characters are all growing and evolving in the universe, like, there's no, like, w- we wish that they could maybe think the way they did back in season one or season two or whatnot, but because the because, and this this is a larger aspect of DC comics, comics in general, is that when the circumstances get darker and darker and the options become more limited for our heroes, they have to sometimes compromise themselves. So whether it is destroying a satellite or, I don't know, going back in time and letting an evil person not be born, like, it's... If it becomes about the greater good, because in this case, aliens are, right now, like, they're, they're they're, they're targets. Like, any like, if I was an alien, I would not feel safe.
0: To be fair, so are the Children of Liberty are also being targeted.
1: But they are giving the permission to kill. Like, it's not like the president is going and deputizing, like, a certain alien saying, you know, oh, yeah, if they try to kill you, you can kill them back. He,
2: yeah, he basically gave him a, a cabinet position for some, like, <laughs> like, I know that you've done some light terrorism, <laughs> but <laughs> I think we're all fine with it. Like, it was just such a weird... Like I was like, re- really? This is okay. This is. There's happening? something.
1: There's something up with his president.
0: Yeah, no, it was. It was definitely not President Baker's uh, best decision, and not his best day. I guess my internal conflict is that I really don't approve of anyone's stance. Like, I don't like what the Children of Liberty are doing. I don't like what the Elite are doing. I don't like what Supergirl's doing. I don't like what the (laughs) DEO are doing. I don't really approve of anything that anyone is doing, except that I really like the hat. I approve of what the hat is doing with that hat. So I'm really conflicted about this storyline is all I'm trying to communicate, uh, because it's very murky. And I don't know if anyone is making good decisions in this show at this time.
2: I think we could call season four like the bad decision season. (laughs) The season where
0: uh, we don't really know what's going on. And I don't think any of the characters know what is going on. Uh, So thank you for uh, helping me hash out my conflicted feelings about the satellite business because uh, I still don't know exactly what I think about that. But thank you all for um, hitting that hard topic with me. Uh, I guess for uh, something related to that with Alex and Supergirl. They have a different dynamic. There's Kara and Alex a little bit at the beginning of this episode. But this episode became more about Supergirl and Alex. So, Andy, what did you think about um, how their dynamic is growing and changing?
1: I mean, it's great. But I just want her memories to come back. This is so, I'm over it. I'm I'm sorry, I, I get it from a dramatic standpoint, but I'm there's already so many conflicts and so many obstacles to deal with the season. I'm like, did we really need to add this to the pile? Like, like y'all, we have a Russian car somewhere out there. That's not enough? No, we, let's make her forget it. Let's <laughs> have her sister forget her memories. But but to answer your question, I thought it was great seeing them work together, seeing Alex go a little rogue and, you know, you know, putting her job at rest because she wanted to work with Supergirl and, um, just give her memories back, y'all. This is just getting ridiculous.
0: You are on the uh, anti wipe podcast. So welcome yeah. to the club. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Join us. <laughs> uh, so Morgan, what did you think about Supergirl and Alex, Alex in this episode? I really
2: liked seeing them work together, even though obviously Alex didn't know that she was working with her sister. It was good to have that sister time. I mean, I'm getting a little bit of whiplash from like, what does Alex know? What doesn't she know? What are her opinions on Supergirl? What are her opinions on Supergirl this this week? What are her opinions on Supergirl this minute? It seems like they are changing so rapidly <laughs> that I can't really keep up. She was pretty negative on Supergirl like uh, a little bit ago, and now she seems like pretty chill with supergirl like the last time supergirl just dropped by for a visit she wasn't happy yet yeah,
0: now she's making house calls to alex's apartment and i thought it was a little goofy that supergirl like knocked on the window <laughs> i guess that's the only way to do that but i was just like really she's knocking on the window i guess she can't just like barge in but i just thought that was a little silly
1: i just realized something the moment when she threw Kara, a supergirl her space suit. It made me realize what is that state, that memory looking like right now in his yeah,
0: house. I, thought like, the same the- thing.
1: <laughs> May I curse for one second?
0: I'll bleep it, but yes, go ahead.
1: Her mind must be a cluster that right now like because that memory does make no sense because the whole point she got the soup was because kara was dying her sister was dying so like was she suddenly g- crying about this hero she had conflicting feelings about y'all i don't know
2: i'm and not what tra- is her what is her memory of that look like i'm I trying that I'm immediately not trying to, she threw it i was like i'm,
1: hmm. I'm not trying to attack the right because i love i love these writers the so, but i'm i need answers about why this is a thing but also more from a psychological standpoint what does her head look like right now
0: that's a good point though because if that what because that was that suit was connected to Kara almost not making it like they had to bring Lena in to save her life so that is a good point that really doesn't make sense it was really cool it was cool to see her throw it and it just automatically the suit appeared on Car and allowed her to fly into space. But yeah, that's that's a really good uh, point about that. I did I did like the scene with Supergirl and uh, Alex where Supergirl f- felt really alone and and she was having a lot of trouble. To Car's credit, I know I've given her a lot of uh, grief in, in this podcast recording. But uh, she did have a lot of trouble deciding what she was going to do about this satellite business, and it was nice for her to be able to still lean on Alex, even though she couldn't exactly do it the way she had done it previously when she was able to connect with her sister about it. She was still able to get her sister's advice without calling her her sister sister. So I, I was glad that she had that opportunity to get that second opinion and get that uh, sounding board that she has become so dependent on. Uh, the only thing that I thought was weird, and if y'all can help me with this, so Supergirl suggests that Alex throws her, her, throw her a DEO weight around to the Marine Corps? What? <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, does Alex have some sort of connection to the Marine Corps? I I don't know. I guess I'm really confused about Alex's military
1: connections. There was Lucy and Sam Lane four seasons ago, but hey, I mean flashpoint i don't know
0: flashpoint took care of them <laughs> we only really know about lois at this point she doesn't have a father or a sister anymore it's really just her in the lane family now <laughs> r.i.p lucy lane r.i.p lucy lane you're somewhere in the hat's hat
2: <laughs> she's she's in the hat as well with Jeremiah.
1: if sarah is listening right now comica girl I got I think you got your next picture what to what to draw you you just draw a giant hat and put every missing storyline from these past four <laughs> seasons in it
2: Oh my god that would be amazing <laughs>
0: Um, well, and uh, speaking of some other heroes that were in this episode, uh, because Alex did come through at the end with the super friends, uh, but we did get to see one of the heroes try to come into her own with her newfound fighting skills and astral projections. Uh, so Andy, what did you think about uh, Nia getting to train in the Fortress of Solitude?
1: Before I go get on to Nia, why isn't there an episode of Jerry Springer where Kalex and Brainy are just juking it out verbally. When they got into the uh, the fortress and they were like, you know, cl- Kleenex, quarrel, and I'm like, what is this dynamic? Why do I ship it? I need more of it. <laughs> anyway, um, Nia's one of the best things of the season and I love how she's pushing things and wanting to push herself and, you know, given the situation she's in, she can ask her mom, you know, one of the I mean, the only person that could help her, you know, develop her powers further. So I love the fact that she used the fortress to her advantage, and I am just loving everything she's doing. I, it's it's going a little bit more a little bit quick, quicker than I thought it was gonna go. Because, but at the end of the day, you know, we're at episode thirteen. It's you know we have nine episodes left, so I get it. But no, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I I kind of I, I want to go to her planet to be honest. Or wait. Her planet still exists, right? Uh,
0: yeah, it sh- it should. Okay. Uh, now, Toria, yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. So I I really want to. I hope there's more episodes exploring that side of things with her character because honestly, Nia has been like consistently an amazing character to the point where I'm just like, can we just keep her like like for as many seasons as possible? Like like don't go. Whatever happens, cause just don't go. So I I'm glad she's. That she's really invested in. Because I know she was having issues with. You know. Do I want to be here or not. And so on. And. It's cool to see that she had. That she. Her abilities is. You know. Beyond dreaming. That she can actually. You know, there's other things she can do. And so on. Because. As projection. I had no idea that was in the mix. So. But. Uh, no. She was great. I, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. I would agree that Nia has been one of the highlights of the season so far. And so it was nice to see her getting some more screen time in this episode. So Morgan, uh, do you have any thoughts about uh, Nia and her, her fortress
2: training? Yeah. um, I I agree with, obviously with what Andy was saying. Nia is uh, one of the highlights of this season. I, I love her. I think that they've been doing a really good job with her character and with the, the way that they have been building her up and her superhero journey. And I really liked this episode um, for the Nia stuff. I thought it was really, really interesting to see her doing her training. And I liked that she, I liked her workaround with the uh, the Calyx thing, which CalEx uh, 2, RIP original Calyx. I'll <laughs> never forget you. <laughs> I feel like CalEx 2 doesn't have the same, like, Je ne sais quoi that Calyx One had. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just missing a little something, so I might be on Team Brainy with this one. I was like, Calyx Two is a little bit like I don't know, a little too sassy, maybe.
0: <laughs> um, technically, his name is Caretaker Android Mark Four, so get ah. it right. He's not just Calyx Two. He has an actual name. Uh, <laughs> that we should refer to him technically but yeah uh yeah we the last time we saw Kellex uh, I guess 1.0 uh was in uh <laughs> Supergirl season 2 episode 8 Medusa that's when uh Supergirl had to uh heat vision him because he thought she was an intruder so it's been a while since we've seen Kellex uh, on the show.
2: I wonder if Kellex two knows how Kellex one went out.
0: Yeah, I uh, I wonder if uh, this new Kellex is uh, concerned that
2: Supergirl might uh, take him out. I know. Maybe he's like he's like, no, we have to be nice to Supergirl. We have to. <laughs> he did follow her
0: orders. Nia did say, hey, Supergirl told me you you could give me anything I wanted, and he did. So he knows not to mess around with Supergirl. (laughs) He learned
2: that the hard way.
0: (laughs) So that is true. And I did enjoy uh, his beef with Brainy. I welcome... Uh, if, if Andy makes a reality show happen, I would welcome it. There was a lot of great back and forth between, uh, the both of them. Uh, Brainy calls Kellex Kleenex and Kellex calls him a pompous Kaluan friend and a boar. So I really, uh, I would, I would welcome more of that is what I'm saying. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed all the Fortress of Solitude time. Although I thought it was funny that they, they, they referenced, uh, the Fortress's like advanced Kryptonian technology. And I thought, Really? Really? Is is it really all that more advanced than, uh, you know, American uh, technology? Because you're looking at a sheet of ice. (laughs) You know, you're looking at a broadcast on a sheet of ice. That seems a little archaic to me.
1: Rebecca, they have a projector that can send people into a little different dimension known as a Phantom Zone. Yes, they are far more advanced than what...
0: (laughs) I'm just saying make the picture look good. That's all I'm saying. I'm just a little (laughs) snob with the visuals so uh, maybe maybe they don't care. Maybe they're like, this is the best we can do up here in the Fortress. This is the best we got. They're like, I mean, listen, I'm, it's cold. We all just no want electric, to get out
1: of here. No, no electricity, you know, so the fact that they can even get any screens working is, I mean, that's um, They're like, listen, up. the
2: Wi-Fi is really spotty here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it drives on? Solar energy. There mm, we go. I mm. saw that.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, we did have a new development with a uh, a new member of the DEO or new members, I should say, with Lena and Eve moving into the DEO. So, uh, Morgan, I'm going to put this to you first to to, to talk about Lena. What do you think about the new development that she is now working within the DEO?
2: So I didn't realize in the last episode when she uh, rolled James out of her car, (laughs) that that working for the government meant working at the DEO, which I love uh, because it means that we get Lena with like basically everybody. She's like in the thick of it now. Um, And she's, um, she's talking to the only other person who really understands what it feels like to not know the most obvious secret in the world, (laughs) Alex. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I like that that because we haven't seen much of uh I mean we've seen Lena and Alex in a lot of these group scenes but we haven't really seen much of them interacting like one on one and I'm into it I like it I think it's a it's a fun dynamic and I like the idea that like by the end of the episode Alex is like I don't trust the government either even though we are here in this government building <laughs> let's like fight the power and Lena's like ah, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I liked that development. I thought that was really cool. I also liked that she brought Miss Tess Miss <laughs> Tess Maka. Uh Andy, what do
0: you think about uh, Lena joining the DEO? I
1: don't know what the hell was going on, but Kyle Lee and Katie McGrath, for some reason, I was like, there is way more chemistry going on here than there needs to be. Like, <laughs> because I'm, I'm sorry, did you all see how closely we're standing to each other? I'm like, yeah, y'all, I was like, y'all a ship is about here? to be born here. A ship is about, <laughs> about to be born here. And I was like, there is just some, like, they have great chemistry, but there's just too much of it to a point where I'm like, we're not setting up a ship here, right, y'all? I look, like, I used to look at the driver, I'm like, guys no <laughs> like so i didn't know it was a thing that she had to move to the deo um but i mean hey anything is better than james's desk and um, so i was confused i'm like what is she doing like
2: she has a lab like she, <laughs> like, like i don't under yeah like, i I had assumed when she was going to go to work with the government, she would be, you know, coming up with stuff in her lab and then, like, I don't know, like leasing it to them or whatever. <laughs> uh, but leasing's definitely not the right word. That was what you would do with a car. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't think that she was going to go work in the DEO. So I was, like, pretty pleasantly surprised.
1: I mean, I'm not against it. I just thought it was just out of the blue. I'm like. Government equals CEO question mark? I mean, it seems they're on this path right now of really taking Lena towards the path of becoming evil.
2: I thought um, they were really putting Lena on an evil path uh, or a dark path last week or the week before. Uh, whatever it was the schedule's been so weird but um <laughs> but in this episode like having alex ba- basically go to her and be like turn off the cameras and like like x files it and be like trust no one I, <laughs> I i was like maybe they're not going to the, the you know the dark side with lena because you know alex seems to be now sort of willing to hear lena out and kind of on lena's side so i don't know i thought that was a, an interesting that's going to be an interesting dynamic, however, it goes down. I don't know, Morgan, did you see what Lena was wearing at the DEO? And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? <laughs>
0: she had on all black that's true there was a lot of black
2: we (laughs) all know what that means that's true if she was wearing that warm gray sweater then i would be like no i feel (laughs) i feel comforted i feel like like i'm i'm being embraced in a warm hug but she was (laughs) she was not wearing the sweater
1: she talked about a lab coat but i'm like you're offering other people lab coats why don't you wear one
2: yeah
0: uh, lena does not operate in lab coats I don't know. Have we ever seen her in a lab
2: coat? Maybe, maybe once. I can't think maybe, of. Maybe I think once. I think when she was like, maybe accidentally murdering that guy she had <laughs> on a lab coat. So maybe that's when she retired it. She was like, you know what? I'm not superstitious, but. Maybe not going to wear this thing. <laughs> well, no,
0: let's be let's be technical. She didn't accidentally kill him. She she operated on him with the knowing possibility that she might kill him. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She
2: when she science murdered that guy. <laughs> I think she might have had on a lab coat. She's like, well, this is my favorite lucky lab coat, so nothing can go wrong
4: today.
0: <laughs> and then she retired that. Yes. So um, yeah. Even though she's in a lab, she's not gonna wear a lab coat because why would she
2: and this has been lena luther boardroom or
1: ballroom
0: so speaking of lena uh, what did everybody think about James now possibly picking up that story from the best reporter at CatCo, Mackenzie? Possibly the only one. <laughs> and she is the best reporter because she actually shows up to her job and she does her work. <laughs> uh, and she's actually doing journalism. Uh, so, uh, Andy, what do you think about James possibly investigating L Corp and what Lena's doing?
1: Remember there was an episode on the show called Ace Reporter and it was somehow about Kara? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hilarious! that's so funny.
1: Y'all, listen to me. I love this show. I I love this episode. But the, for me, I'm like, so Carl, you've been you're saying that you've been writing basically this like the same story for the past. I mean, I, in their world, I guess it's been four weeks since we went off a hiatus for one week. So I'm like, how is this not plagiarism in some way? Like, if you're just repeating yourself, like, find a girl. You gotta find a new angle. I didn't
0: like that either. I thought that was very clickbaity of her. Uh, James says that she's written her sixth article on Lockwood and they all have that same angle. And she's like, but I really just need people to know that Ben Lockwood is a murderer. I'm like, yeah, they probably get it after the fifth article, Cara. You don't have to keep (laughs) writing that same article. Yeah, I didn't like that either.
1: I mean, there's always caradamers.com, but hey, I mean.
2: (laughs) She could always blob about it later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, This has Doom written all over it. (laughs) Six times from the same angle.
0: Yeah, the Catco is not (laughs) known for its uh, great uh, journalism cred. Uh, Morgan Morgan, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on James and uh, his possi- possibility that he might uh, pick up that story
2: I was like oh James is going to do some journalism now that'll be the once <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'll be new and different that'll be once that'll be different for him uh, no I mean I guess good on him for not killing stories because they involve his girlfriend anymore <laughs> I feel like that's a little bit of uh, journalism ethics 101 but he got there eventually <laughs>
0: yeah uh, one of our listeners Daryl actually wrote in and he And he wrote, so now that Lena is his ex, I guess James will do his job now. It's pretty unfortunate to see a character just pick and choose when to apply journalistic integrity. And I completely agree, Daryl. So at least, I guess, like Morgan said, uh, he did get there. He's finally going to pursue this story. And, you know, good on Mackenzie. I'm really warming up to Mackenzie. Good job, Mackenzie. She is doing some real, I mean, talk about an ace reporter. She's actually doing the digging, and she's got contacts uh, at the at ncu so good for her to to really be the one who who re-
2: i i hope Mackenzie
0: takes l corp down
2: i was gonna say I, I think that james is gonna have to watch his um his desk <laughs> home because Mackenzie's coming for it by doing actual work Mackenzie is coming
0: for that office but then where will he live <laughs> then he will be out uh, of a place to arrest his head, so yeah, we'll have to see what happens with McKinsey and that story. All right, so overall thoughts, Andy, what did you think about this episode?
1: It was a really fun episode. I love the elite. I think they have been. I mean, I, I hope we see more of them this season. And I, I thought this episode really. I mean, given our discussion, I think this episode brought up a lot of good questions to think really hard about. It. It's it funny, like even though the the Susies are so different from one another. Season four of the Flash and Season Four of the Super Bowl is really the thinking season a lot. I mean because I mean season four of the flash had the finger as a big bad <laughs> so we a big big whoop we had to think. But I love the fact that that this show makes you think really hard in a different way. So I really enjoyed that there was there's a lot of question marks for me with the, with this episode. But for me I'm like, you know, what? there's there's still nine more episodes. I shouldn't I mean because I don't really have any complaints. I mean I think I have more like i'm questioning some things in this episode but it's saying that i'm like i'm gonna wait till the season is over because i mean except for the fact that the president is a dude he, he's a bag i think he's an alien i think he's up to something bad and he is maybe maybe the real big bad of the season mm. and also for some reason I feel this season is going to end with, with Alex getting powers because of Lena. Mm.
0: Oh, we've got some pr- predictions here. I like it. I like it.
1: Really enjoyed this episode. And it's um really long episode titled by Getaway. Uh, but yeah, I want more of the Elite.
2: All right. Uh, Morgan, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah. No, I loved the Elite in this episode. Um, Some of the other stuff was a little bit more like hit or miss for me. Uh, but I mean, I, I think it did lead to a good discussion for us. I'm not sure if that's how you want to watch Supergirl. Being like, <laughs> man, I, I can't wait to have a, an hour long discussion about the <laughs> about the gray morality of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think that it, it did uh, it did leave some some interesting questions about you know where everybody loyalties and alliances are. So I thought it was, a, it was a good, and I love the Nia stuff. I think she's been just consistently good over the course of the season. So I thought I really enjoyed this one. I mean, I honestly, the elite saved it uh, a great deal for me because anytime there's just a character whose name is hat, <laughs> whose main thing is that they have a magical hat. Um, you've basically, you've got me. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have high demands. Do you have a magical hat wearing character in your episode? I'm going to like it. <laughs> Morgan is in for it. I'm in. Um yeah,
0: I I liked this episode in terms of the elite. I thought Manchester was a great foil for not only uh Car and Supergirl living up to his his uh dynamic between uh, with him with him uh, and Superman in the uh, debut comic of his uh, which is Action Comics number 775 Um, they lived up to that dynamic between Manchester and Superman but now with Manchester and Supergirl I think they really justified having that similar debate between those two characters Uh, so I thought that was really good but he also was a, a a good tempter for Jean, and Jean continually trying to fight his urge to fight back. He's he's really wanting to live up to his vow after his father died, which I guess we're going to call him Marin. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think Jean is really trying to still be that man of peace, but because of what Manchester has been doing with him, he is a, he is a dark mirror for Jean, and I like the way that they've been playing that up. I do have problems with the elite as much as they are very lovable the idea that from now on they're gonna terminate prejudice with extreme prejudice makes no sense to me whatsoever uh you're not gonna solve any problems like that so that's really bad advice
2: you guys are making it worse
1: i just realized something there was this random quick scene where we cut to john like in his like martian wardrobe you know I mean, praying, or whatever, so, and then we cut right back to the to catacole.
2: I didn't even remember that happened.
0: Yeah it it was it was a strange editing choice. I guess they wanted to show that he had gone back to trying to be the man of peace. But I would agree. It was a. It was a very like you could have taken that out and it would not have affected the episode.
1: You know what it was trying to show—that he still has a secret.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is keeping a secret. He was like, "If only I could tell someone my secret," and then that's that was what he was thinking in that shot. That was his motivation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm that's gonna have. That's
0: how I'm going to uh, justify that shot. Now that I think about it. Um, And also the the big takeaway for me really in this episode was that Brainy was wearing a shirt from one of my all time favorite comedies. What about Bob? Is that from what about Bob? Yes. It's when Bob goes to Lake Winnipesaukee to find Dr. Leo Marvin. Oh my God. I love that movie. I now I have to rewatch it. (sighs) What about Bob? If you've never seen it, I'm not, I'm not, this is not hyperbole. Just one of the funniest movies. It's one of the greatest comedies ever made in the history of the world. (laughs) Uh, So I don't want to overhype it, but I think it will still live up to the hype, even if I have. So, so funny. Well, I think it's going to do it for our discussion, so let's find out what our listeners had to say about what's so funny about truth, justice, and the American way.
2: Uh, Okay, we have a tweet from at DJ Ritter who said, I found it a very powerful episode and love the way the Mindwipe storyline is evolving into one of the most powerful storylines the show has done in years. That Danvers sisters bond is stronger than ever. Um, at Kenny Crowley said one of the best episodes of the season, great Danvers sister scenes and the fight between Supergirl, Nia, Brainy, Jean, and Alex versus the elite was great. So many powerful moments in the episode. I didn't realize how many characters were in that fight scene until I had to read them all off. <laughs> it was a team versus a team. At VH451 said so much to process from this week's episode. First, the Brainy versus K- Kalex feud. Where did this come from? You know what? Don't care. More, <laughs> please. <laughs> Second, Hat's Hat. What else can he pull out? Burgers? Wings? Deep dish pizza? Looking forward to next week's episode. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I wonder if Hat can, like, pull out some good food from that like, could he pull out a cheesecake?
0: Maybe that's uh, gonna be in that the hat backstory episode, in that origin episode
4: that I <laughs> that I desperately want. <laughs>
2: um, at Mark HB PWM said, I really enjoyed that Lee and hope they become reoccurring villains after this season. Most fun villains since Livewire. Um, at Brooklyn uh, underscore biker said, sometimes I want to smack the writers with a logic. and oh, God. Stick. <laughs> uh, Supergirl was worthless during the prison escape, weaker than Nia Nal during the fight with the elite, but then easily destroyed the satellite. She's a Kryptonian and snake lady should be no match for her. Yeah, she does keep seem to get taken down by menagerie with like. A surprising amount of consistency. (laughs) You would
0: think that by now she would at least have some kind of plan to go up against Menagerie.
2: Every time she seems surprised, like, oh, God, Snake! (laughs) (laughs) Um, At SL, Fricky said, how is it that Marsden had this guy as a running mate, given the values we see he has? Then again, Supergirl just showing up in the Oval Office on a whim, totally bypassing security Probably doesn't help her cause all that much. She's not really winning the president over is no, all I'm saying. she's not. She's not working so hard at being charming. <laughs> um. At Danchin underscore panda said, I'm an elite stand first, human second. We put them six feet under. I love them so much. Uh, Alex and Kara were great. Their bond shines through, memory wipe or not. When will we see Russian Kara? That's a great question. Who it's knows? A good question. I don't Such know. That's a good question. I I would like answered. Um, in the hat. <laughs> maybe Russian <gasps> car is in the hat. <laughs> I could see it happening. That's how she dramatically like uh, <laughs> enters the back half of the season. She just like, pops out of the hat. <laughs> I'm uh, um, at Madtown Davison said, I like this episode. The elite present Supergirl with an interesting moral dilemma. I thought Supergirl needlessly destroying the ceiling of a pub was hilarious. You're trying to win people over, Kara. Ease up on the property damage. Has she ever really worried about that, though? She's like, listen, I have one. I have like this one thing that makes me really happy. And that's just destroying things <laughs> randomly.
1: What's a door?
2: a door a satellite a pub i'm gonna i'm gonna destroy it all but she
0: delicately knocked on alex's apartment uh window pane so uh she does she does care about those things when it matters
2: she does know that how that it's possible to not break into things (laughs) she just chooses not to Um, At Planet Claire 71 said, I think it's weird that the show seems to be ignoring the fact that Lena is using Haranel in her experiments, and that's what created the World Killers. How did the government even know about her experiments? Do you think they are going to forget Kara has a spare Legion ring? Yeah, so there's a couple of things in there. Good point
0: about the Haranel. Um, and. And how that that is what is being used for these experiments, uh, that does seem to be glossed over a little bit. They might have forgotten it, just a tinge. <laughs> yes, um, and Kara does have a legion ring because Monel did give her one. Um, so. Th- there is that but it sounds like brainy brainy might be getting his back so i don't know if he'll if he'll be able to borrow cars i don't know how that works maybe he's
2: like i would love to borrow yours but i'd have to get it resized and that just seems like a pain yes that's that's just too much trouble <laughs> he's like i don't uh, yeah i have to go to a jeweler and it's like a whole thing <laughs> <laughs> um at patty mellow 20 said i really loved alex in this week's episode she was her best self since the mind wipe working with supergirl and making the right que- and and asking the right questions i was so happy to see eve again because it's been a while lena and alex working together is all i've ever wanted and for the record i ship it i told y'all <laughs> <laughs> um at Karen underscore Keller said, "How many thought? How many thought the satellite was fired before Supergirl destroyed it? Because that's what it looked like to me. And if DC wasn't destroyed, where was it aiming at? Or did I miss
0: something? So the satellite was aiming at the White House. Um, and when she knocks, when Supergirl knocks it out of the way, it sort of—I guess it goes into." The, it went into, like, a body of water, but I don't know where that was supposed to be. Yeah, it be. Like it went into
2: a body of water, and, like, how is the blast strong enough to destroy the whole White House, but, like, it just hits like a small body of water, and, like, the the water just like absorbs it there's like no like tsunami or something (laughs) yeah especially coming all the way from space some science facts I think they might have gotten wrong
0: Uh, well we received an email from Abby who writes quote I continue to get frustrated with Supergirl's reactions to certain events last season we had Supergirl basically throw a a petty temper tantrum with Lena creating kryptonite oh she totally did Abby I forgot all about that that was rough (laughs) Abby uh, continues this season it's Supergirl versus politics and the White House do I think the current president is a jerk, absolutely, and I'm confused how he was the former president Morrison's <laughs> running mate. A lot of people are asking that good question. Uh, Abby continues. Regardless, just as people have respect for Supergirl, she needs to have respect for the president, meaning not to show up uninvited in the most powerful office in the world. I definitely think the White House needs to update their secret <laughs> service for the times because both Supergirl and that alien were able to get it. The Morai went in there too, didn't it? Oh, that's right. The freaking that's right in and, there and. <laughs> So uh, Abby says that the the Morai was also able to get into the Oval Office. This may be the real world, but if a U.S. citizen was able to break in, what's stopping an enemy force from using an alien to do the same, unquote? And Abby also writes, uh, quote, I like the idea of honoring one's father. We have Jean's conflicting with his promise, while we have Ben Lockwood, who changed uh, to do the extreme, to do the same, unquote. So good points there about the... Uh, the parallels and contrasts between the father and son dynamics between Jean and Marin and Ben Lockwood and his father. So good points,
2: Abby. Um Emily writes, I'll admit to having a hard time now following who is on what side of the anti-alien situation, but maybe that's just the mental roadblock I have up when it comes to this storyline. I'm ready for this to end. <laughs> I can identify with that statement. So yeah, I think, I think we feel similar. <laughs> when Ben Lockwood got out of jail, I went, oh no, it still happened. <laughs> this is still a thing
0: uh, well we got an email from Brett who writes quote I am glad Supergirl didn't commit treason yeah that's uh, that's something to consider Uh, I'm glad Supergirl didn't commit treason and interfere with the president's job on protecting our country with the launching of the satellite. Having grown up in a military family, even though this is fiction, I would not be able to support this show. It seems to me that the writers are hell-bent on alienating viewers on the show that may have a difference of opinion with them on the political issues of the day. If they continue to force political opinion down the viewers' throats, then they will lose me, unquote. Brett, I totally understand. It is uh, definitely hard to take... uh, with the the topical nature of the storyline this season so i definitely uh appreciate your your thoughts on that and especially coming from a military family i do kind of wonder uh how people in the military view what's going on with like the do and the president and all of that that kind of thing so it's neat to hear that different perspective from that point of view and also
2: the political aspects of this season mm-hmm. have been so i mean there's you can watch something that has like a, like a subtext where you're like, oh, I can see that what they're really talking about is like the way that we treat people and this blah, 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 you know? And then there's just like the characters turning to the camera and being like, we're in a difficult political moment right now. <laughs> and the, and that's what season four has been the entire time.
0: <laughs> well, what I think is interesting uh, in, in terms of what Brett wrote in about, uh, and I think Morgan, we've also discussed this as well, is that uh, pretty much everyone in any any varying opinion on the topics of the day
2: nobody really likes what's happening across this broad wide terrifying political political spectrum of ours we can all agree that we don't want this in Supergirl. <laughs> 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 like could you chill it just a just a bit like just take it down like a couple of notches i'm not asking you to not have any opinions or make any points i'm just saying like it's gotten to be a lot
1: i've had my ups and downs with the the topical aspect of super bowl has done i think it's imp- good that at we can use superhero shows at this point to kind of tell these kind of stories but i think the show that does it really well to, to the point where it doesn't feel overdramatic or exaggerated is black lightning because you know i mean also it helps the fact they have a shorter season but at the same time each episode like it doesn't necessarily jump into you know why cops kill black people all the time like it's like it, it deals with these society issues you know it, it doesn't feel too much but it doesn't feel too little at the same time
2: Super I, well, something, I, yeah i would i would agree with that and i think the black lightning is also a show that sort of built around the ability to address these issues because it's more grounded and it's like taking place in certain communities um and it sort of tackles it head on whereas supergirl decided in uh season 4 that this is like suddenly this is what it wants to be this season um whereas black lightning kind of started out being like you know we're we have these things to say and we want to say them whereas supergirl got like four seasons in and was like oh uh Hey, let's like make a whole season about politics. It's gonna be about current day stuff, but we're not gonna talk about it like that. Like (laughs) their their metaphors. Also, this is my main point. Like Rebecca and I have talked about this many times. Is that that they're the I get the point that they're trying to make, but so often they undermine themselves so greatly. (laughs) Like with the gun control episode, where they're trying to make it like a point about gun control, but then like the next episode, like a character. 'Cause he only has a stun gun and you're like, Well, I mean, I feel like you just made the opposite point there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the
0: problem for me with the topical nature of the show is that it's it feels like they're writing by numbers. You know those little books where you paint by numbers and it's like <laughs> it tells you what color to paint the picture. I, that's how I view the way the show is being written is that they take something uh, from the news and they just write it in and they don't really, uh, they don't make it into a metaphor. And so I think that's that's the frustrating part of it for me is that I don't feel like it's a story that uses topical elements. I, I, I see it as topical elements that sometimes squeezes that in a story. story. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I agree. I agree with that. It's like... Um, they're not like they're not making a metaphor they're just they start from the topical point that they want to make and then they work backwards and try to like sort of force it onto the world of the of the show and a lot of times it just doesn't make sense or in fact is maybe is making the opposite point of the point that they want to be making and like if you think about this too hard i think you just undercut yourself i don't know <laughs> so it's it's tough it's it's been it's, it's been a, a it's been a tough
0: ride hopefully they can land the plane i'm i'm willing to wait it out to see how they end this season but yeah it's uh it's been a rough ride so far <laughs>
2: Um, so, we got an email from Alex who writes, Well, it's official. My favorite relationship on the show is Brainy and Kleenex. I mean, Kalex. <laughs> I hope their frenemy act goes on for a while. It was definitely one of the highlights of the episode. Uh, well, new Rachel also wrote in to share some thoughts about the
0: Brainy Kalex dynamic, which seemed to be a hit, saying, uh, "Quote: While it was hilarious and didn't need an explanation, I still felt like it came out of nowhere, especially given that they've implied to have met off screen. It seems like Kalex dislikes Brainy because of his attitude, and possibly his status as a Kaluan, and Brainy dislikes Kellex because it is simple technology, which was enough explaining for this episode. However, it would be interesting to see it expanded upon with more information about Brainy's backstory. And though I'm not well-versed in the comics, I have a theory about what could be behind it in this show's universe. So this is a new Rachel's speculation. Uh, When the preview clip first showing this rivalry was revealed, I went and rewatched Kellex's proper debut episode, which was Season 1, Episode 15, uh, which was Solitude, which was also the debut of Indigo, a.k.a. Brainiac 8. And in that episode, after describing Kellex as a, quote, robotic helper, unquote, she asked Kellex about the Kaluans, and Kellex tells her that they served as supercomputers on Krypton, responsible for running day-to-day operations, and Indigo was among these supercomputers. Uh, New Rachel goes on to say, My guess is that although Kaluans of the 31st century seem to be more organic, there is still a resentment there for Brainy on behalf of... Of his ancestors and how they had to serve the Kryptonians, and Kellex reminded him of when of that when they met. And it may be a mutual resentment or distress on Kellex's end, as far as from its point of view, they could do just as good of a job as Kaluan's, and there would be no need for computers from another planet, unquote. So New Rachel, I think that's a great explanation. Nice. I don't think we need another one. Uh, I think uh, that is uh, a cool uh, connection that you've gathered there uh, connecting all the way back to Indigo who had the greatest hand acting in the world. Uh, uh, so I I love when we can bring Indigo back on Supergirl Radio. So thank you for uh trying to connect that for us.
2: Um okay, so Leslie wrote in to ask, "Who are your top 3 favorite Supergirl villains of all time?"
0: Speaking of Indigo, uh let's mm. let's get into some villains. So uh
2: Morgan, top 3 villains. This is tough because There have been um, a lot of them, which you have uh, very helpfully listed out (laughs) season by season. Just in case you're wondering if uh, Rebecca is thorough, uh, incredibly scarily so. Okay, so (laughs) I would have to say, uh, number one, uh, the queen of my heart, Lillian Luther. Mm -hmm. Um, I think number two would have to be Queen Rhea because I feel like she really like, chewed some scenery and then number three is tough because i kind of i want to say rain but i feel like my my heart says live wire so i'm going with live wire oh my god season season four you listed topical storylines as a maiden villain (laughs)
0: look it's been (laughs) really good it's been a a major antagonist for supergirl so i think it's (laughs) i think the topical storylines have been a villain of this season uh, so, Andy, uh, that, since uh, you are a regular viewer of Supergirl, who are, who are your top three villains of the show?
1: Liewire, Lillian. <sighs> the fur one is always so difficult. Um, I'm, I'm literally looking at the list right now, but there's just so many.
2: And so many of them are really good ones, too. <sighs> just looking over this list, I'm like, man, Indigo could have been on that list. Astra could have been on that list. Maxwell Lord may his uh may the memories of him rest in peace could have been on that list.
1: I completely forgot he was on the show.
2: Uh, uh, don't worry all the characters have two. He's in the hat. He's in the hat. Oh man, my boy Tico is on this list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Lillian Liwire and I will put the Elite on. All right,
2: I'll grant you the Elite as one. It's a, it's a little bit cheating. But, you know, if I had to pick somebody from the Elite, we all know it would be the hat. It would be the hat. I mean, clearly. clearly. Uh um,
0: But, yeah. Okay, so good list, Andy. Uh, for me, I like it when my villains get to be villains. I don't want these wishy-washy characters. I mean, I love Livewire. That has been established on Supergirl Radio. Uh, but she did become... Uh, a hero at the end so I don't really count her for my personal list as a villain so I'm gonna go Lily and Luther Queen Rhea and Rain because they were straight up evil and they were good villains Uh, Rain did uh, kind of have that uh, thing with Sam so there was a struggle in there but when Rain was Rain she was a villain and she beat the crap out of Supergirl so I'm gonna give her that but yeah some great villains I mean Mercy could have been a contender if she had lived. If she had lived for like another couple episodes, you know, maybe even just to see Lex Luthor. <laughs> I mean, what a waste. Let's not even uh, go into it further because I'll get my blood pressure is going to go up. We're still angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Indigo had some great hand acting. Toy Man was awesome. I mean, just some good villains on the show so far. But uh, yeah, so those are our picks as, as, of, as of yet the show could bring on some new villains in the future and they could, you know, knock these out of the water. But uh, yeah, so I think that's a a good round of lists. Mm. All right, well, Gina wrote in to ask, quote, what happened to trying to find Supergirl's secret identity? I know they can't mention it every week, but it doesn't seem like Haley is that interested in it anymore (laughs) or the president for that matter. I'm sure Haley just hit a wall with her investigation, but I'm curious what next steps could be, unquote. Uh, Yeah, so I'm just gonna, since this is a recurring theme, I think uh, the need to find Supergirl's secret identity is in the hat uh, because it's in
2: the hat as well. <laughs> would it be great if, like, halfway through, Haley just just like turned to Alex and was like, "I don't care about Supergirl's secret identity anymore." I got to be honest with you. <laughs> like, like she was like, "I've just been slacking off on it," and honestly, I just, like, I'm, phoning it in. And like I'm, like, I'm like, Supergirl is like in the background somewhere, going like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I, I, I bet car would be like, "Are you kidding me right now?" My sister was mind wiped for this. Um, We have an email from Danae who writes, this week I was thinking, where is Kat Grant? Uh, (laughs) She's the president's press secretary, right? Or did she lose that job when Olivia lost hers? Why didn't she come back to CatCo? A lot of questions, and I fear the writers are never going to answer them. I think we all know where the answers (laughs) to those questions are. (laughs) They're in the hat. They're in the hat. Uh, (laughs) Oh, well, that leaves room for head cannons. In my mind, Kat has recruited Snapper Carr and Pam from HR in the search for Jeremiah Danvers so that he can finally come Mm. home to his daughters who have completely forgotten him. Uh, Since Pam has super strong and swift hands from always filing the NDAs from whenever a new person found out Carr was Supergirl, (laughs) she trains Snapper to finally learn snapping. And after they bring Jeremiah home, Snapper snaps the three of them to a year in Tibet for a well-deserved vacation. Danae, so well thought out. Come
0: through as always. This is the way it should go down. This is now my new headcanon for all of those characters. Since her super strong hands from filing the NDAs, it's amazing. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. I feel like I have some closure about Cat Grant now. Uh, well, our final email comes from Brian, who wanted to chime in about Alex's adoption searches, writing, quote, I would like to point out that uh, finding kids for adoption online is a real thing. God, there really is a kid a kid pet finder? Yeah. So there are tens of thousands of children, and I may be conservative with this estimate, in foster care in the United States who would love to find loving homes. Uh, Brian goes on to say, I adopted a son through foster care. In New York, where I live, there is a website showing the children who are in the foster care program who are available to be adopted. You can filter for such criteria as age, gender, special needs, and whether they are part of a sibling group where they try to keep siblings together in one household or close to each other to facilitate visits. Uh, And uh, Brian goes on to talk about the New York website also has a quote at risk uh, criterion, which identifies children that may not be available for adoption because there are other family members willing to adopt the child, or where the parents may be able to get their lives back on track. These are vital resources that I encourage everyone who wants to add a loving family member to their lives can go check out. I
2: didn't know that there was a web that there were websites that like I just I thought that Supergirl was being a little bit ridiculous. With, like, the, you know, Alex looking for it on the web. I mean, I, I knew that there were adoption web, like, adoption organization websites. I just didn't know that you could, like, use them to filter and, like, look at uh, children available to, like, foster and adopt. That's very cool. Yeah, so I, I think
0: our our kind of issue with the Alex online adoption search is that that's all that they're showing us on the show. They're not really going into detail about Alex's... They're not making it into an arc, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
2: She doesn't seem to do much like much research or effort into it. So it just kind of looks like she's trying to order a kid like you would order Seamless.
1: There's always season five.
2: It's good to know
0: that at least that part of Alex's story is somewhat reflective of the real world, that there are actually these websites uh, that uh, people can use to help them adopt children. And I I personally think people who adopt kids are heroes in and among themselves. I think that's an amazing thing. So Brian, I applaud you and your family for doing that. Um, And thank you for sharing that with us about the adoption process and how that goes. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. So hopefully we'll get to see more about Alex's Uh, storyline in the future. I don't have a lot of hope for it, but hopefully (laughs) when they do it, they will do it well, and we'll get to see what comes of it. Well, and we have a voicemail from Mauricio.
2: Hey, Supergirl Radio. It's me, Mauricio. I'm a little bit sick right now, but finished watching the Supergirl episode. I am glad they didn't do just a one-off episode with the Elite, because I will be really disappointed if that's the last time we see Manchester Black with Powers. And, hey, they answered our question if how he gets his powers,
1: so he's using, um, Britney's ring, so at least that's fixed. And, um, here's a
0: theory I want to ask you guys a quick question, unless I said this in Lost podcast, Um,
1: do you think the Red Sun and Evil Kara, that's going to be a, be
0: pushed to season five for next season? And they're just showing us stuff here now? Cause that's what me and my friends are thinking. Like this season is going to be Ben Lockwood and the next season is going to be Red Kara. Just want to know your thoughts about that, and thanks, guys. Take care. And uh, unfortunately, Mauricio's been a little sick, so uh, I appreciate uh, Mauricio being so faithful every week to call in with uh, his thoughts. So we h- definitely hope you get to feeling better, Mauricio. Uh, but Mauricio wonders if uh, R-
2: Red Daughter is going to be pushed to season five. No, I mean, I feel like they've been—we uh, see her, like, like busting up all those rocks, so she's <laughs> training for something. <laughs> her like her rocky montage she's gonna run up some stairs and down some stairs and like back up some stairs and like eventually she's eventually she's gonna get there it might be in like the last episode i don't know at this point i i was expecting her to start popping up sooner but i don't think i don't think they're gonna make us wait until season five that would be mean
0: I think we're going to get some Red Daughter stuff, but I hope they don't introduce her in this back half of season five within just a few episodes and then get rid of her. That would be
2: sad, actually, because I'm, I've am i been really looking forward to the storyline all season. And now we're like a good way through the season and there's so much going on. Yeah, I personally
0: would rather than push Red Daughter to season five. I think they were a little handicapped at the beginning because of Melissa Noice and her Broadway schedule. So, maybe that played a factor into it, and that's why they pushed it back to the second half of the season. But I just, at this point, I would rather them just push it to season five and do it right. I don't, if they try to squeeze it and cram it into season four, I I feel like that will do an injustice to the Red Sun storyline that they're pulling from. Uh, and well, and we also have uh, some audio from our friend Wendy, aka at Kara underscore Quirrell on Twitter, and uh, she wants to teach us about Val, the Karate Kid, who was name dropped by Brainy in this week's episode.
4: Hi, Supercool Radio. This is at Kara underscore Quirrell. Brainy's friend Val is a reference to Val Armour, aka the Karate Kid. Now, this is the original Karate Kid, and in fact, the Ralph Macchio Pat Morita movie and subsequent sequels had to license the name from DC Comics. Val is one of the few Legionnaires to also have a successful solo series lasting 15 issues. He's considered one of the greatest martial artists in the DC Universe and has beaten the likes of Batman in hand-to-hand combat. And he has also fought Kal-El, a.k.a. Superman, to a draw, even though he has no powers other than his martial arts skills. He is no joke. He eventually married fellow Legionnaire Princess Projector and stood by her as she became Queen of Arondo. I could, of course, talk about Val for hours, but that's a whole nother podcast. In the meantime, if you have questions, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr is at Cara underscore Quarrel, or you can catch me over on at Swamp Thing Radio. Long live the Legion. Uh,
0: So thank you, Wendy, for sending in that information uh, because we definitely could learn. I know I personally could learn more about uh, all of the Legionnaires. Uh, So it was good to hear that connection being mentioned in the episode. So if you keep sending us uh, content like this, we might have to have a recurring segment of Supergirl Radio called the Legion Minute. Uh, I would appreciate that if uh, more Legionnaires get name-dropped and we get more information. Uh, So I'm just saying, like, if you have time and you want to send us more information, uh, (laughs)
2: we can maybe make that happen. Um, Okay, before we wrap up our feedback, we have some Snap Judgments sent in by our listeners. In the game of Snap
0: Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended, and explanations
2: are unnecessary. Our first snap judgment is from Planet Claire seventy-one, the Legion Ring, or Hats Hat. Andy, what's your choice?
1: Well, if I use a Hats Hat, I could just put my hand in and get a ring. So,
2: I mean, that feels like cheating
0: in this question. <laughs> you gotta pick one though. It's part of how snap judgments are played. It has to be a definitive I, I,
1: choice. I, I, I did pick one, and it doesn't, it doesn't limit me what I can actually put my hand and stretch for.
0: From what I'm gathering, you're saying hats hat.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I would probably say woof. Hats hat. Yeah, I mean, you gotta go hats hat, right? Like, what's cooler than a magic hat? Nothing. <laughs> the answer is nothing i mean the legion ring
0: you can time travel and you can fly and do all this cool stuff yeah but you have like a, a cool jaunty
2: hat but then also it's magic yeah and you can like pull like hamburgers out of it it's fashion but it's functional <laughs> <laughs> um okay our next snap judgments come from abby um she's she asks lena and cara getting brunch or james and brainy getting brunch
1: um lena and cara
2: yeah, I'm gonna go Lena and Carr, Although I would love to see a James and Brainy brunch, and I feel like uh, that that w- that one-liner was a uh, kind of a cheat just to s- justify how he had certain information. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: personally gonna go James and uh, Brainy getting brunch because I wanna I wanna be a fly on that wall.
2: <laughs> what is that? What is that dynamic like? <laughs> let's, let's find out. Okay, Alex in a combat suit or a white coat. Uh, I'm going to go White Coat. Good call. I'm going to go Combat Suit. I feel like that's her natural element.
1: (laughs) Combat Suit.
2: Okay. The Elite or the Super Friends? Who has an answer?
1: Super Friends.
2: I'm going to go with the Elite. You know what? I was gonna go with the super friends, but then I just remembered that one of them has a magic hat from going <laughs> <to the elite. laughs> Um, okay. Our next uh, our next snap judgments come from Danae. Um, would you rather join the elite at playing cards or James and Brainy having brunch? Playing
1: cards. I, I'm sorry. James is just such a party pooper these days.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's going through a lot. He just went through a breakup and like, I don't know, like his desk. <laughs> He's living under his desk. Things are are bleak for him.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of life change for James right now. <laughs> He's going through some stuff.
2: He had to box all of Lena's stuff up from under his desk. <laughs> <laughs> that was hard.
0: Oh man, the sad music that would play during that scene.
4: <laughs> um
2: I am gonna pick the elite uh, playing cards. Yeah, I'm definitely picking the elite playing cards because I cannot say this enough. There's a magic hat in six. <laughs> <mixed. laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Which fifth dimensional character is better better? Oh boy. <laughs> Nix is Yazpitalic. Very good. Thank you. Or hat's hat. I mean hats hat. I mean you gotta go you gotta go hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a question. I'm gonna pick hat every time. <laughs> <laughs> Andy. The
1: hat the hat remains quiet and doesn't express any emotions, I'll pick the hat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay um our last set of snap judgments are from gina um okay she asked a never before scene of brainy and james at brunch or the scene of Kara, win and james going bowling
1: oh uh, fine i will i will take the brunch
2: yeah i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go brainy
0: and james brunch
2: yeah i i want to know like what what it, what are those bro brunches like because i cannot imagine them <laughs> <laughs> um okay Kara's biggest threat the elite or the Children of Liberty? That's a tough one.
1: Yeah. That's a tough
2: one. It's a tough one because, like, there's the the what is her biggest threat. And then there's which one do I dislike least? <laughs> and one there's a very clear answer on at least one of those questions. <laughs> I'm going to
0: say the elite just because there's magic and superpowers involved. And Manchester is a very good manipulator. So I... Yeah, and the elite pushes... I think Manchester pushes her buttons a little more. I mean, the Children of Liberty, they're a bunch of dummies. They're a bunch of dum-dums with some baseball bats. With some
2: baseball bats. (laughs) They think that they think anything can be solved with a good baseball bat, and it's not always true. Right, so I'm going to go the elite.
1: Ah, the elite.
2: I'm going to go the elite just because, like, obviously, again, there's a hat. But also... Oh, you guys are not even li-
1: following your own rules. Like, they did longer explanation, the more honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one of the storylines is annoying, is basically the end of that. The rules to snap judgments are that that
0: explanations are unnecessary. unnecessary. It doesn't mean that you can't give one.
2: <laughs> okay. Brainy's What About Bob Don't Hassle the Local T-shirt or the return of Kara's Daft Punk outfit. The What About Bob shirt. Gotta go What About Bob.
1: When did she have a- a Daft Punk outfit?
2: Uh, that's the
0: super suit that she uh, puts on when she flies into space. <laughs> or that puts
2: on her, I guess. She's that's- better, faster, stronger in that thing.
1: <laughs> that's what we're calling it. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll go with a Daft Punk suit.
0: No judgments on your Snap Judgments. Alright, well I think that's going to do it for our thoughts and feedback and our snap judgments uh, on what's so funny about truth, justice, and the American way. Thank you so much, Andy, for coming on the podcast and sharing your thoughts and playing along with our silly little games. Uh, where can our listeners find you on the internet?
1: i So thank you for having me. You, people can find me on my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Andrew Uh If you want to hear me talk about more DC TV, I do co-host the Flash podcast and Titans podcast. We're Covering season five of The Flash right, on The Flash podcast, and on times podcast, we're actually covering Doom Patrol season one, which, y'all, get a DC Universe description because it is the craziest show on television. Morgan, I'm sorry, the legends are like Doom. You need to watch Doom Patrol, and you will f- understand why there's there's a there's a superhero i, I want to
2: sequ- watch doom patrol but then i i really deeply don't want to have another subscription service can she just listen to the podcast though can i just listen to the would, would i be able to just listen to the podcast or again, instead? One,
1: <laughs> one of the characters has 64 personalities with each different superpower you're welcome that
2: that, that is a lot of personalities do any of them have magic hats <laughs> That's we haven't gone there,
1: yet. It's only we've only seen episode. We are only at episode three right now, so it's possible.
2: Um, <laughs> it, get, uh, get back to me when there's a magic hat. With these,
1: with, with, <laughs> with DC, anything is possible. So that's, that, that's where you can find me. I'm also writing for a fan site and a an hashtag show, and I also run the Moloport. So if you love moral things, check me out there.
0: All right. well if you want to contact Supergirl Radio you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com If you'd like to leave us a voicemail like Mauricio does, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to do that uh, before Tuesdays at 6.30pm Eastern Uh, You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio You can listen to us on Google Play iHeartRadio, Spotify, Radio Public and now Podchaser We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com dc-fans and we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio so if you have some time we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review and if you uh, need to know any of those links uh, and you're and you're like oh my gosh that's so much more information than I was ready for you can just find all of that information on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page and uh, now we're going to throw over our DCTV plugs to uh, Richard and his uh, famous friend uh, who is going to do the DCTV plugs for us
3: oh yeah this is the Macho Man Randy Savage and I'm here to tell you that Supergirl Radio is a part of the DC TV podcast network so if you like other shows on their network like Arrow The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Batwoman, Titans, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Stargirl, and don't forget the classic DC TV shows. You can subscribe to all of this on DC TV Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and follow at DCTV Podcasts on Twitter like DC TV podcasts on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Dig it.
0: Well, uh, you can find me on tw- Twitter for now at Derby Kid and on Instagram at The Derby Kid. I voice a character named Leanne on a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakus, which is still so high quality, you guys. I'm not making it up. It's a very funny show. The episodes are really funny in the second season. Uh, so good. Uh, and uh, Leanne actually gets a lot of stuff to do. So so I'm very excited about it. Uh, I am also a contributor uh, to JLU Podcast, so you can check that out. And I also did a recording for Holy Batcast, the all-Batman podcast, for their 200th episode. So if you'd like to find out who my favorite Batman villain is, uh, go check that out. Really great episode. Had a lot of different voices talking in all things Batman. Uh, So go check out Holy Batcast.
2: And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of tomorrow podcast. We're planning our March episode. um'll we'll be out sometime <laughs> in the month of March. <laughs> so wait for that. prepare for that. Uh, but actually, the I hate the super long unbelievably long hiatus is almost over uh legends is coming back in april so we'll have one more monthly episode and then we'll be back to talking about the show that you either watch or don't watch <laughs> but you should listen to the podcast
1: monday april 1st
2: nice
0: well i'm definitely looking forward to new episodes of the podcast <laughs> uh, so that's exciting Well, uh, that's going to do it for this Supergirl Radio episode on what's so funny about truth, justice, and the American way. Uh, But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan
2: Lennon. Like and subscribe.